0: Do you feel good when you're able to help somebody else? I think we do, don't we? We feel good when we can help somebody. When somebody asks for your help and you know you can help, do you normally just step up and get involved? Most times we do. Most of us probably do without giving it much of a thought. We're happy to get involved however we can. At most times when we're asked, we probably don't stop and ask the question, should I help? Should I do what they're asking? Jesus was asked to help his very dear friend Lazarus who was on his deathbed and Jesus could have just spoken the words from a distance and healed him. He'd done that before for others. Instead, he chooses to stay away and appear as though he's lost all compassion. There are times when the best thing for us to do is not do. Is not to do what we've been asked to do. Perhaps we should be more prayerful before jumping in boots and all. Getting involved. Sometimes doing the very best thing is not doing anything at all. But in all things, pray and ask the Lord, What is it that you want me to do in this instance? This is a very difficult moment in the lives of those who Jesus loves Mary, Martha, and Lazarus. He often visited with them in their home as he walked to and from Jerusalem. Bethany was just over three kilometres out of Jerusalem and he developed a close and endearing relationship with this family. It was Mary who had poured perfume on Jesus and wiped his feet with her hair. Jesus enjoyed a close relationship with Lazarus. And yet, although they were very close to the Lord, their lives were not spared from heartache and despair. Although they were very close to the Lord, their lives were not spared of heartache and despair. In fact, Lazarus dies and his sisters are devastated in their grief. Being a Christian does not shield us from the difficulties that life throws at us. Being close to the Lord does not free us from heartache and despair. But don't be fooled into thinking that Jesus had lost all compassion. Jesus was so deeply moved by the outpouring of grief that he saw in the sisters and in the uh, community, the mourning community who had come around them, that he too wept. Verse 35 for a people who were harassed and helpless, for a people in need of their good shepherd, for a people who were so deeply affected by the power of death, he wept. Jesus sees our heartache, our despair, and he has compassions for us too. And he comes alongside us to comfort us. When we are hurt by our world, our God hurts with us and for us. So let's look at our passage from verse 17, John chapter 11. Now when Jesus came, he found that Lazarus had already been in the tomb four days. Bethany was near Jerusalem, about two miles off just over three kilometres, and many of the Jews had come to Martha and Mary to console them concerning their brother. Jesus had delayed his coming. He was two days' travel away, and upon hearing their request, he waits for a further two days before leaving, and upon his arrival he discovers that Lazarus had been entombed four days earlier. So Lazarus died on the day that Jesus had received the news. Jesus had purposefully delayed his return. For Martha and Mary, it seemed that all hope was lost. Four days had gone by. They faced the devastating experience of the loss of their brother. The breadwinner for the family. There are times in our lives when it seems that we have passed the point of no return. Maybe you've been there. Maybe you're there at the moment. Does the illness appear to have taken hold? Does the relationship seem too broken? Does a loved one's choices appear to have taken them down a path of no return? We assume our situation will never improve. may even think that the Lord has chosen to do nothing for us. He just hasn't shown up. I trust that we too will soon discover that Jesus is never too late. Even four days after following a situation as extreme as death, we'll rediscover that Jesus is in fact with us. Now, Bethany, just a short distance from Jerusalem, and the family must have been loved, well-loved, well-known. Many people over these last few days had come to comfort the grieving sisters and offer their condolences. Many had travelled out from Jerusalem. But there was nothing that they could do to bring Lazarus back. They were there to offer comfort. Sometimes there's nothing that we can do but be there for people to offer assistance, comfort, prayers. Let them know that we love them. Sometimes all we can do is sit. Sit with people. There are times when we have to accept that there is nothing that we can do to bring about a solution to many of the problems that our friends and family face. Most of us have faced a similar situation, having lost a loved one in death. And while we're unable to change the situation or even remove the grief and the pain, we can be there for them and offer comfort in their most difficult of times. One of the greatest acts of kindness that we can offer is simply to be present in their despair. Being there and being quiet. And that can be hard to do. To be quiet but to be present is the best gift we can offer. Just be present. Not to be like Job's friends offered and offered and offered all kind of advice didn't help now verse 20 when Martha heard that Jesus was coming she went and met him but Mary she remained seated in the house usually it was Mary who was sitting at Jesus feet who was keen to be at Jesus feet while Martha was attending to the practical stuff in the kitchen. But not this time. Martha sought the comfort of Jesus at first opportunity, but not Mary. Mary obviously felt very let down by Jesus. She had displayed her devotion to him. She had poured perfume over him, wiped his feet with her hair. She had sat at his feet while he taught. She had displayed a devotion in the past, was trusting him to come through for her, to answer their request, to come quickly to heal Lazarus. But not only did he not come, but it was now four days since their brother had died six days since the messenger had been sent to Jesus. She felt regret that Jesus had not come earlier. Why had you not come earlier? Why had you not come to to offer comfort at this time? And her regret is growing into resentment. Jesus obviously didn't care for her the way that she desired, the way that she thought he should or would. She's not keen to seek his comfort at the moment. You've let me down, Jesus. She's erring on the side of resenting Jesus for not coming through for her. We too may at times regret that God has not come through for us. But be careful that regret doesn't develop into resentment. I resent you, God, for not doing what I thought you should do. This little verse reveals a valuable truth for our consideration. Even the strongest believers can struggle at times when faced with a devastating situation. This doesn't imply that Mary has abandoned her faith in the Lord, but it does appear that she has resigned herself to defeat. Her world was shattered and she was having difficulty coping with the reality of the situation, she felt entitled to just sit and sulk. You've let me down, God. We all face times when our faith is tested, and we're tempted too to resign ourselves to defeat. And in our confusion and grief, we can fail to recognise the presence of God, that he is with us. We can be overwhelmed by our troubles and see them as bigger than our God. They are just looming too large. And God has failed to protect us from them. By the way, he never did say that he would prevent all troubles from storming through our front door. Martha, on the other hand, has gone out to meet Jesus. She has left all of the mourning community in her house and around her house and she's gone out to meet with Jesus. She has sought him out. She wants him to help bring clarity for her. Verse 21, Martha said to Jesus, Lord, if you'd been here, my brother wouldn't have died. But even now I know that whatever you ask from God, God will give you. Jesus said to her, your brother will rise again. Martha said, I know that he'll rise again in the resurrection on the last day. She is disappointed that Jesus was not there to prevent his death. We can only assume that the messenger had delivered their message and then returned and so the sisters knew that Jesus had got the message and are confused, why hasn't he come? Haven't we faced a similar and difficult situation, desperately needing the Lord's help, and yet he doesn't seem to respond in the manner that we desire, how we think he would? No doubt we've all complained in situations about the Lord's response and timing. However, in the midst of her confusion, Martha's Martha's faith in Jesus to meet her needs is steadfast, is unwavering. She knows that she has full confidence in Jesus to meet her needs. She doesn't expect Jesus to do the miraculous and bring her brother Lazarus back to life, but she has faith that whatever Jesus might ask of God now, that God will do it. Whatever her needs, as Jesus determines, God will do it. Although she's grieving and confused, she remains confident in Jesus to meet her needs. Most of us have walked through valleys and faced great difficulties. Most of us realise that this is a normal part of life, living in a sin-filled world. And as a result, we too recognise we need a good shepherd We're meant to depend on him. And doesn't God allow these situations for us so that we do depend on him? We might be standing at crossroads at times, not sure which way to go, but like Martha, we need to turn to Jesus, follow his directions, remaining confident in him. I think Martha could have written the words of Psalm 121. I lift my eyes to the hills. From where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. Can you claim these words for your own too? From where does your help come from? My help comes from my Lord, the creator of heaven and earth. And so it's at this point that Jesus cultivates her faith even further and brings us the greatest of I am statements. Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. Whoever believes in me, though he die, yet shall he live. And everyone who lives and believes in me shall never die. Do you believe this? She said to him, yes, Lord. I believe that you are the Christ, the Son of God, who is coming into the world. Death seemed final and brought great despair, but Martha stood in the presence of the one who had even greater power than death, the one who declared, I am the resurrection and the life. Everyone who believes in me shall never die. And notice that Jesus says, I am life, the life. John uses the word life 43 times in his short gospel. 43 times John uses the word life. Matthew uses, and his book is so much longer, Matthew uses the word life but seven times. John is emphasising that Jesus is life. John says right at the beginning, Jesus was in the beginning and in him was life. And that life is the light that shines in the darkness. He is the way, the truth and the life. He speaks words of life. Jesus said, The words that I have spoken to you are spirit and life. He speaks words of life. He is the bread of life. He didn't just say, I am the bread. I am the bread of life. I am the resurrection and the life. He came to give life abundantly and give eternal life. And he says, John says, for as the father has life in himself, so he has granted the son also to have life in himself. He is life and he gives life. Hallelujah. And he is the resurrection. Because he is life, he gives life through the resurrection. As the story unfolds, we see Jesus prove that he is life and gives life by resurrecting Lazarus back to life. Four days Lazarus had been in the tomb decaying. But as Jesus commands, he walks out of that tomb fully alive. The Apostle Paul spoke of our resurrection and he said, what is sown is perishable, what is raised is imperishable. It is sown in dishonour, it is raised in glory. It is sown in weakness, it is raised in power we who believe will be raised following our physical death to spiritual life in all of its fullness and we will be changed in a moment as we sang earlier on we will be changed but before lazarus sorry before jesus raises lazarus from the dead he asks martha do you believe this That everyone who believes in me will never die? Do you believe this? Do you believe this? Like Martha, we move from death to life as we declare our faith in Jesus as the Messiah, the Son of God. And his own resurrection proves this. message this morning cannot be any clearer. If you want to live forever in what can only be described as heaven, then you too must acknowledge Jesus as God's son and as your saviour. Now I want to close with verse 28. We'll go one verse further. After Martha's confession of faith, she went and called her sister Mary, saying in private, the teacher is here and he's calling for you. He's calling for you. And upon hearing those words, Mary immediately goes to be with Jesus. He's calling for me. The resurrection and the life had come and he's calling for Mary. Now you know in your heart this morning that Jesus is here and you know in your heart whether he's calling you. Is the Holy Spirit prompting you to follow him? And for those who have already done this, or we're already following Jesus, we're already his, Jesus also continues to call us to remain faithful to him and to go and tell others that Jesus is the resurrection and the life. Just as Martha did. She went to her sister. said, he's here. What's Jesus calling you to do? So as we look at this passage this morning, we're encouraged to see Jesus' words and actions from an eternal perspective. To keep in mind that there are some things in God's economy that are much greater than our happiness. As Martha and Mary experienced... That although God can provide for our immediate needs, he also wants to secure our eternal destiny. And he shows us through faith in Jesus that death will no longer have a hold over us. Death will no longer have a hold over you. And this fills us with hope and peace. Hope and peace.